Well, good morning, Mr. Keith. How's it going this fine Monday morning here? Monday morning? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're yeah, supposed to be more in the moment. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, I like being in the moment with you, John. Oh, that's creepy. Many levels. I mean, it's fitting for the season. I mean, it's moderately disturbing, but you know what is this week? Halloween? Indeed. It's time to hit the trail. Lock in those hubs and throw it into low range. Because you are listening to Wheelin' with Keith and Johnny Orange. Broadcasting from the Thin Line Off-Road Studio. They're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up. Here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. You going trick-or-treating, John? Nah, I don't really do that. I'm a little too old for that. You're never too old for trick-or-treating. It's free candy, dude. I mean, I've seen the thing on Facebook. Uh, somebody put out an alert to find one where they're giving away tacos and margaritas. Oh, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in. Absolutely. Anybody who knows of a town doing that, let us know, please. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you going to get dressed up or anything? No. See, I've got a Halloween party I'm supposed to go to. It's actually after Halloween. Oh, crap. That's this weekend. Huh. Anyways, um, yeah, I don't know if I can pull the same costume off again or not. I've used it two years in a row, so this would be the third year. But it's only my second year at this party, so I don't know if I can cheat and use it again or not. <laughs> you, always, you always modify it. Remember Marge Simpson and uh, The Simpsons where she got the uh, that suit from the... It was like a Chanel suit she got at a thrift store, and she mm-hmm. modifies it like 18 times so she can go to different <laughs> uh, parties with it. Nice. I did not remember that one. Yeah, well, okay, so uh, what, what did you go as? Uh, prison jumpsuit. Oh, perfect. So, I mean, I suppose I could add blood and go as a zombie prisoner. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. you can do that. Interesting. Get some handcuffs uh, that are cut off or something. Yeah. Get you an Might old work. bus to drive around. I don't know about that. I mean, this, this party's in a basement. I always, wa- I always wanted to uh, do that. I always wanted to get like an old short bus and you know paint it like a dark blue or silver or something, put some bars in the windows and drive around in a jumpsuit. That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, man. Um, so we haven't even talked cars here. Uh, we talked oh, about a bus. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, what uh, you know? What of your adventures? Uh, well, let's roll into kind of our our, our news. What oh, okay. What have your adventures been this week? <laughs> Well, I bought a nice high-performance set of shocks for the Pegasus because her shocks are blown. Uh, they ended up being way, way longer than I thought they were. Yeah. I just going by numbers charts of what it should be and what these were, and they should have worked. Yeah, don't do that. Take some actual measurements before you do that. How was uh, <laughs> Wish with the return policy? Uh, it was Facebook Marketplace oh. and an hour-and-a-half drive to where the guy was, so obviously I'm not going to do that. Mm. And then I, I had a, a, a spare set of shocks from another project I parted out, and uh, those don't fit either. Hmm. That's and, not good. No, and in messing with removing one of the old shocks to take some measurements and everything, uh, the ones on it are completely shot. Oh, okay. It's not good. I'm pretty sure I've worn the coils out a little bit. Well, you get it figured out, dude. Oh, yeah, I found another set on Marketplace. These ones have taken actual measurements and what these are. They'll work. I just got to drive to Holly to get them. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You were a little bit on my, uh, um, well, my list today, or list this week. Good list or bad list? My bad list. What did I do? Well, you remember when you drove Project Excursion back from Detroit with me? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I think uh, you have a wheel bearing going out. 
Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, I don't need I don't need this right now, John. I don't have a wheel bearing going out. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm driving Project Excursion home from work the other day, and I stop at a, a stoplight. And, I mean, it, no warning whatsoever. It just sounds like, you know, brakes grinding, just howling really, banshee. Really bad, you know. <laughs> Not the wheelbarrow. So I, I'm like, man, this is brakes again. You know, I did them like a year ago, but I put mm-hmm. a lot of miles on. So I, I get home and I, you know, get the calipers off and the pads are just gone. Oof. And it's like I had no squealers on them, so there was like no warning. Yeah. And realized that my passenger front wheel bearing, I could, you know, back and forth about uh, half an inch. So, oh. yeah, fortunately, oh. I had, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had a spare one in the garage, but I was cursing I'm your lucky. name the whole time. I believe it. I believe you know, it. So, yeah, I'm sorry. It did sound like a howling banshee. <laughs> Um, yeah, we still haven't really gotten into a into a topic besides Halloween. Um, I was thinking on this episode talking about a couple different things. I know you and I were, you know, before the episode talking about what we would do. Mm. And uh, do you have any um, automotive gremlin stories or anything like that, hmm. or ghost stories? Mm. All right, all right. I, I got a, <laughs> I got a few. I'll start us off with one. Okay, and this is. I would go, this is more of a gremlin story, okay? So I'm working at the car dealership, the Chevy dealership, back in the late 90s as a uh, young apprentice mechanic. Mm-hmm. And we had, we sold, uh, i it wasn't Chevy, it was uh, GMC, uh, Cadillac, Buick, I think it was everything but Chevy. But anyways, nice. we had sold a brand new pickup truck or SUV. I don't even remember what model it was now. We'd sold something, brand spanking new. Owner comes back like three days later <laughs> and says, there is something wrong with this car. And we're like, well, what do you mean there's something wrong with this car, man? You know, and it was uh, it was actually a lady, so not man, but um, <laughs> lady says there's something wrong with this car. And, well, you know, what's, what's wrong? And she's like, one, it smells like rotting garbage. Two, huh. it makes this awful noise whenever I turn on the heater. We're like, Okay, so, you know, and mind you, this car is brand new. Yeah. So we get in, turn on the, well, first of all, get in the car, and yeah, it smells pretty bad. Not like bad, bad, but you could definitely, there was a funky mm. odor to it. And we turn on the heater, and sure enough, you hear this like, ding, 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 and then hmm. it's got kind of almost, almost like, you know, ghost chains clanging kind of sound. We're like, okay, we're going to take a look at this thing. Uh, so she leaves. And uh, this wasn't a, one that I was working on. One of the other mechanics was. But he starts taking the dashboard apart and, you know, messing with this thing and trying to figure out what is making the sound. Because it was coming from the dashboard. And he yeah. figured maybe, maybe, maybe the smell thing was related. He wasn't sure. And uh, so he, he digs this whole thing apart and finally gets to the point where he's got the whole dashboard out. And he has the whole HVAC system, you know, the heater core and everything pulled apart, mm-hmm. opens up the heater box. And inside the heater box of this brand spanking new car is a pop can and a rotted banana <laughs> with a note shoved in the pop can that says, bet you had a hard time finding this one. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Right from the line, <laughs> right from the, you know, the General Motors line. That is awesome. I'm thinking somebody was a little disgruntled that day. Yeah, I would think so. So nothing scary, nothing nothing to... Uh, I don't know, healthy food. <laughs> what's that? Healthy food, a banana. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a very, very rotted <laughs> banana was in oh, there. Oh, it's horrible. 
That is Can you imagine oh, spending horrible. twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars for a brand new vehicle only to have that kind of stuff? Oh, happen? I'd have been pissed. Oh, she was. She oh, was. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, it was. But the note there, you know, that used to that some, is awesome, somebody that's pretty cool. Somebody had some spite there. Yeah. Um, you know, other ones. Uh, what what kind of uh, you don't have any? I, I figured you would. Not not so much on the cars. I mean, I've had problems that I've just chased. Okay. I mean, it you know the the coolant leak issue I kept having on Pegasus when I first got her done. Mm-hmm. And I just I, I chased every hose clamp. I thought maybe you know one of the hoses was expanding when it was hot, so I, I got a smaller hose. Okay. Thinking that'd be you know tighter fitting on everything, so no leak, right? Yeah, same problem. So I kept going and going, and it, it turned out it was the hose clamps I was using. So I got rid of those. I, I got different hose clamps, better, really expensive ones. That stopped almost all of the problem, except then I found out my radiator was leaking. Hmm. So I replaced the radiator, and so far, everything's been okay. Uh, just yeah, chasing, chasing uh, the old uh, coolant gremlin, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got a lot of non-automotive-related stories. Well, do you? You got anything that's really good that crosses over for Halloween? Well, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, this was on a dive out in Lake Erie a few years ago. Uh, we were, it was a 150-foot dive, and we get down the boat. Had, it was a shipwreck we were diving on, and the boat had burned and sank. Took uh, actually registered, or recorded, rather, 150 people died when the boat sank. At the time, uh, the year that it sank, there's a lot of uh, immigrants on that boat that used to be stowed below decks illegally. Oh, okay, yeah. So they figure the actual number is closer to 300 people. Ooh. Yeah. And th- there was a group of about 20 of us that were on this trip. This was our second dive of the day. And we got down, and, you know, the visibility, there it, you couldn't see very far. So we all tied reels off, you know, so we had a line to get back to the, the surface line, and we went. And I think the furthest anybody made it was about 40, 50 feet. Everybody just, you got a weird feeling. Every single one of us, nobody could explain it. Just something wasn't right. Something didn't feel right. Everything was kind of blurry the whole dive. Okay. So we all called it and went up early. I think the longest diver was in like 12 minutes. So nobody went down and saw the shipwreck? No, we were on the wreck. Oh. We got to the bottom, we looked around, and it was just nothing felt right. Everything felt weird and off and just uncomfortable. It was the weirdest feeling I've ever you, had. You superstitious like that, are you, a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I, I believe there's something else out there. Oh, okay. All but right. uh, it, it, was, it was just weird, man. I mean, I've been, you know, pitch black waters in Lake Superior. This, the, I could see daylight. You know, I've been deeper than this. I've been down longer than that. I've been on older wrecks. I've seen, you know, just things that I know are human so, remains and nothing. This, so, just something wasn't right. <laughs> just spooked you out. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing. And it, it wasn't just me. It was all of us. You know, there were three of us in our group, and there were 17 other divers. Okay. And it hit everybody. Huh. Whatever it was, it was like it, something didn't want us to be there. All right. So we left. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I get it. You know, sometimes something just doesn't seem right to you. Oh, yeah. Some people doesn't bother as much. Um, yeah. Years ago, I, I don't know if I, I may have even told you the story on the podcast. Um, if I did, I apologize to our listeners. If it was way back, it's been a while. Maybe I told you about this before, but I uh, was looking at a Suzuki Samurai for sale once, mm-hmm. and uh, it was outside of the road for sale. 
mint condition looking little thing. Um, beautiful body, beautiful interior. Um, you know, it says right on there, engine knocks. So call the number. Guys, yep, you know, gave me a pretty smoking deal for a clean Sammy with a bad engine. Still ran, just knocked. Yeah. We're talking for a few minutes, and the guy says to me, um, well, you know, do you want the parts rig? And I says, oh, part, well, want the parts rig? Well, what do you got? He says, well, I'll show you. So we go around the back of his house, and here is another samurai that's pretty crushed up and bent up and whatnot. And the whole target bar and the windshield frame is all bent over. And I'm looking at this thing, and I go... Okay, I said, what do you want for it? He says, you can just have it. And I said, what do you yeah. mean, just have it? And he goes, yeah, it wouldn't feel right to me to sell this thing. And I says, okay, what's, what wouldn't feel right? What do you mean? And he says, well, the previous owner rolled it and was decapitated in it. Oh, and, uh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And there was, there was bits of hair and blood on the dashboard. And, Fun. Um, yeah, and so he, he just handed me the title and the keys, and I took it home. And that ended up having a great engine in it, and I ended up turning that rig into an off-road rig. And the few people I told, I had a few buddies that rode in that thing, and they're like, this, does, this doesn't feel right to me. <laughs> and it's like, it never really bothered me, but it was, yeah. you know, some people just didn't. Didn't get it. You know? I know a lot of that superstition follows with uh, divers, and when someone passes away with gear, mm-hmm. they won't Bananas go anywhere near and stuff. it. No dive gear. Oh, okay. You know, using well regulators or tanks or something like that. Okay. I I'm, I have a tank that I use from a gentleman I know passed away, and that was the tank he was using. It was not a dive related accident. Okay. But I mean, it's, it's equipment. It's inanimate. You know, it's. I'm all right with it. Well, that, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about <laughs> Clean things. it up. If it's something, you know, that was breathed on, sanitize it, new mouthpiece, and go. Sure. <laughs> I bet we're getting towards break time, um, but I, I just thought of another story that's it's not really automotive-related, but it's, in a way, hmm. this is going to be a fun episode, John. I like it. All right. Why don't we come back in a minute? I'll tell you Sounds about that. Sounds good. See you in a bit. Hey, it sounds like it's time to swap out that old engine for something better, John. Yeah, man, but I have so much into my trans and transfer case set up already. I don't want to change those two. Sounds like you need to call Quick Draw Brand Adapters. They specialize in conversion bell housings for nearly all diesel and gasoline engines, including the new 2.8R Cummins. You know, I like weird engines, though. I want something different. Then you definitely need to visit quickdrawbrand.com today. They have those hard-to-find parts... They also have used diesel engines available. You can call them at 513-446-9654. Cool, I'll do that. See what they have. Thanks. All right, welcome back, John. Um, Before I tell you the next story I was going to tell you about, I got thinking that we might have some shout-outs, things like that. I I did want to give a a shout-out to a gentleman um, from one of our other episodes, uh, Mr. Patrick Rowe. I, I think he is our one of our Patreon sponsors, maybe $10 level guy. Um, speaking of which, if you are interested in signing up on Patreon, you get a whole other show. Um, you get the end of the trail show. We've said before it's a little more laid back. It's maybe not as technical. We still talk trucks a lot of times. Mm. Um, pay, go patreon.com, look up Whelan, W-H-E-E-L-I-N. For as little as 2 bucks a month, you can get a whole other show if you like If you like Whelan. But uh, back to Patrick Rowe here. Um, he listened to our safety and security episode that we mm. were talking about vehicular security. Mm-hmm. And he had mentioned uh this is he messaged this 
messaged us this. He says, so I listened to your episodes on my two weeks of work. I worked two weeks on and two weeks off for the oil field here in Alaska. Later on episode 25, y'all were talking about how to protect vehicles. I was going to share that I use Logistomatics tracking device. It can be put just about anywhere. Real-time tracking and geofence alerts if the Hmm. vehicle leaves an area. For example, if my Jeep leaves a 300-foot radius, you can expand the area at any time of my house. It alerts my iPhone and watch. Same with my work. If it leaves my work, alarms my phone. It is totally silent in the Jeep, but I can listen into them the whole time. Huh. It's relatively inexpensive, $14 a month, and the tracker is a one-time fee. They have a few different kinds, and the price varies. That's awesome. I think that's a really cool thing to yeah. know. So 14 bucks a month if you want to practice uh, or uh, practice, if you want to make your rig a little more secure for this um, silent thing. And like you said, there's actually a device in it that listens, too. That's cool. So, I like that. <laughs> um, you know, back to when we had our issue with that, that would have been kind of a cool thing to uh, oh, to yeah. have. So, uh, hey, Patrick, uh, thank you so much for you I know. If you can talk to them through that, because it'd be really fun to screw with people. Uh, you know, Patrick, <laughs> go on four by four talk and tell us more about this. Oh, please do. Um, Definitely interested to hear more. We would like to hear more about this. So, uh, anyways, um, so John, you know, Halloween time, you get all these spooky type things, mm. and. I'm wondering, do you believe in extraterrestrials? Well, yeah, of course. You do? Well, yeah. I mean, they're out there. Okay. All right. I'm sure of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I am too. Um, do you think they've ever uh, been to Earth? Yeah. I don't know why, but... <laughs> okay. All right. So you're not going to call me crazy. Nah. Once have again, you seen the people here? you've heard so many of my stories <laughs> over the years. Um and, and this is a story, though, that I've not told a lot of people because mm-hmm. usually when I tell people, they roll their eyes at me. <laughs> okay. Okay. So years ago, I'm driving home from a, a party, but I hadn't been drinking or anything like that. I, I'm driving home. I, I've seen this movie. You saw a set of bright headlights behind you. They went up and came over. You looked out, got sunburned on half your face. Yeah, kind of. No. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm driving Start home. Start playing with your mashed potatoes very, the next Very day. rural. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> making Sorry. uh making uh what is that devil's tower yeah <laughs> yeah okay close encounters of the third kind great Excellent movie. movie yes Absolutely. all right yes um <laughs> so i'm driving home and uh i a rural area middle of nowhere and i'm going down the road and this is way before cell phones this is way before you know carrying cameras or anything with you mm-hmm. really wish i would have had something and this is, uh, in fact, I could actually tell you the date by Googling it, and I'll tell you why in just a minute. Okay. But um, late 90s, and I look up into the sky right above the road, and I see something that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Okay. This thing looks, it's only two or 300 feet off the ground. There is what looks like a giant hovering yield sign. Huh. This thing is triangular, rounded corners, big old uh, white um, bulb things that look, looked like a push light to me. Like, you know, those push lights you mm-hmm. put in a the closet? There's one at each corner. And I, I, my guess, this thing's probably 200 feet long and maybe about 20 feet wide. And mm-hmm. it's just sitting there and it's not moving. Nice. And I'm like, okay. So I literally pull my truck over and I get out of my truck and I get up onto the hood of my truck and I'm just standing there and like sitting on my hood and I'm, I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, what What am I looking at? I've been What awed. did I have at that party? Yeah, pretty much, you know, exactly. <laughs> and I'm going, I okay. should not be driving. And it's not making any noise. 
And I watched it. It's just sitting there for a minute. And then all of a sudden, it just starts to move, almost like uh, something sliding slowly on ice. Hmm. And it just goes along and goes along. And I followed it for a little bit. And I say a little bit, probably half an hour or so. And then it finally kind of got to a wooded area, and it just kept going over. And I eventually lost sight of it. And I, hmm. I, I don't want to say I got bored of it, but I kind of did. It was like it's not doing anything. Yeah. So, no, I never saw any little green men or anything like that. Hmm. But my theory behind it is that I saw some sort of top-secret U.S. aircraft that we don't know about. The I mean, ultimate off-road vehicle. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hovering yield sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, off-roading on Mars. You know, I love it. <laughs> um, I think it was some sort of government surveillance thing or something. Mm. I I got no idea. I I don't think it was aliens. I really don't because it looked man-made to me. But mm. I mean, you figure the like the Blackbird um, plane and the stealth plane yeah. existed for twenty years before the oh, public yeah. knew. So I mean, I, I know a guy from Craigslist. We could ask. He, he's probably got all kinds of specs and blueprints for it. You know, a guy from <laughs> Craigslist that can tell you about oh, secret yeah. oh, government yeah. things. <laughs> I'm not sure I trust this. Yeah. So once again, not a ghost story or anything there, but it was definitely uh, an interesting point in my life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so when people say, have you ever seen a UFO? Okay, yeah. So it was unidentified. It was flying, technically. weird stuff that moves too fast in the skies before. Yeah. Well, we had uh, one. It's not really an alien thing. It's, uh, it was actually a pretty unsettling night. So my buddy and I, my buddy's a firefighter. And we were out at a big bonfire barn party at a friend's house, and we're heading back towards his house. You're burning a barn? No, no. <laughs> bonfire and barn party. Oh, okay. Yes, one and both, both. Okay. And we're heading back, and we're, we're going, uh, we'll just say, exceptionally fast down this back road. And there's this dude just walking down the road. I mean, this is the middle of nowhere. There's fields on all sides. There's, it was very unsettling. And both of us are kind of like, something's not right here. You know, let's go see if that guy's okay. I mean, he looked. Something wasn't right. And we stopped, we turned around, and we went back, and we couldn't find him again. Mm, that is I weird. mean, we, at that point, we got concerned. He's like, what, what happened here? <laughs> I mean, we, were, we spent probably 15 minutes trying to find this guy. There's open fields. There's nowhere he could have gone. We looked in all the ditches and okay. anywhere he could have been, and we never found him. Don't know what happened. That is weird. It was very unsettling. <laughs> that actually reminds me of one more, and this is a little bit of an off-roading thing, of one more that I saw. Mm-hmm. So years and years ago, probably 10, 15 years ago, maybe even more than that, I'm driving down the road locally here at night, Back road, uh, mm-hmm. dirt road, and it's dark. I don't want to say middle of the night, but I mean it's dark out. Yeah, and it's uh, one of those fall nights where it's kind of foggy, so everything's mm-hmm. kind of spooky, you know. So it's got that just you know that that there's that feel in the air. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Where there's oh, like that, like, oh, it's so unsettling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go around the corner on this country road, and I smack dab into a Civil War soldier. Full on Civil War dress on a horse. So, off road vehicle. See? What what time of day was this? Middle of the night. Okay. Um, Okay. So, so yeah, a horse is an off road vehicle, right? I mean, it counts. Okay. It's measured in one horsepower. And he's just riding down the side of the road, full on Civil War dress in the dark. And I'm like, and I look and I'm just like, okay. Um, and this is not around Halloween. This is like mm-hmm. this is like maybe either early October or November. Had or you something. left a party just before? No, this one no, no, I hadn't. <laughs> and uh, 
So, so I got to start partying with you, man. <laughs> so I, this thing, this this creeped me out. I, like, yeah. I didn't follow him or anything. But I was just like, and I passed him, and it was just like one of those things where, like, you know, the, the fog is like rolling around, and you can just picture it. You know, like, the, oh yeah. So I, I go by real slow because horseback riders, I would always, you know, oh, yeah. always slow down and yep. courtesy. So I get home and I'm telling my folks about this, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is the weirdest thing, and my mom's like, oh. That's so and so. Your sister used to date him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like, wow. I'm like, whoa, whoa. I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, Yeah, he's he he had an accident and he's a little odd and he walked he rides around his horse sometimes at night dressed as a Civil War soldier. And I'm like, You're screwing with me. I'm like, <laughs> just huh. I mean, just to screw with people, or is there a reason? I, I I don't. It's not just night. It ended up being daytime. I saw him probably a oh. dozen more times over the next year or two, nice. different places. But I mean, that, that's the first time I saw him. Yeah, that'd be a little creepy. Yeah, and here's this dude, the Civil War soldier, and, huh. and I'm just like, okay, yeah, that was that was a little odd. So yeah, I would say this so. is the weirdest episode of Wheeling ever. Yeah, you, you want to talk about some truck stuff? Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it's a little bit Halloween related. How do you bring one of them back from the dead? Oh yeah, bring it back <laughs> from the dead. Yeah. Uh, what you mean? And this is something we talked about <laughs> prior to the episode. Of course, is you know if you get a a vehicle, uh, car, truck, you know, four by four, whatever. And let's say you found something that has been parked in the woods or barn or backyard for twenty or thirty mm. years uh, or less, but you know, long time. So it's really, you know, dead. Yeah. Um, you know, how do you get this thing going? Providing the body and frame are, are decent, how would you get it going again? That's always a good one. I mean, it, it depends where you're going to start. You know, are you going to work on it in place or move it first? Obviously, if you're moving it, you know, tires and brakes. Yeah. You got to start with that. So something I learned, because I've rescued a lot of old vehicles like that over the years, mm-hmm. is you go out, um, tools, bring a jack with you, bring... Lug wrenches, penetrating oil, penetrating oil, <laughs> big, old hammer, big old hammer, big old hammer. Torch helps, but yeah, um, yeah. you know, like a, a three or four pound hand sledge to, yes. to get drum brakes and disc brakes. I've watched freed you up. do that. Yeah, yeah, beat the, those box trucks we drove back from Grand Rapids. Had to beat the uh, the drums to break the brakes loose on a couple of them. Oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, they're almost always drum brakes, especially are almost oh, yeah. always seized up. That's another reason I hate drums. <laughs> this will do it too. This'll oh yeah, do it too. Yeah, so. I, I have seen that happen. So all right, so you get the thing dragged up mm. and out, um, and you know at that point you also need to look at what are the condition of the tires. Oh are yeah, are they off the rim? Are they rotted off the rim? Yeah. Are they still there and flat? <laughs> yeah. If they're still there and flat, of course you might want to try airing them up, mm-hmm. but be cautious. Yeah, they if they're dry rotted and you don't realize it, they can blow out. I had that happen. Mm. 51 Chevy that was buried up halfway to the door handles. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug actually had to dig the car out. Huh. Um, got a chain on it, pulled it out. Mm-hmm. The tires were looking okay. Mm-hmm. Actually brought it home on those tires. They were they were half flat. We mm-hmm. aired them up a little bit with an air tank. Went to go air up one all the way, and the whole sidewall split. Just Ooh. knocked me right on my butt. Woo-hoo. Fortunately, nothing in my eyes. Didn't That's hurt. Lucky. Just, but yeah, just split that the whole thing. It was loud too. Oh yeah, I got to watch a friend of mine. It wasn't really air pressure, but we. I've, I've never actually seen the whole. Well, he used starter fluid and a torch thing to reseat a tire bead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, 
That tire blew out a sidewall when we did that, and he Oof. barely used any fluid. It was just that bad of a tire. That's not good. No, I got it on video. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> well, okay, there you go. Let's use an, let's use my old fifty one Chevy as an example. Okay, of bringing one back from the dead. Sounds good. Thinking about that. Um, so that was the first part of it. This this was something I bought from like two hundred bucks from my neighbor who mm-hmm. told me about this car for years, and I didn't know it was. Yeah, I was like, let me go see it. And he was like, oh, you know, some other time, some other time. I just thought it doesn't exist, you know. One day he just finally came over and was like, give me 200 bucks, the Chevy's yours. Sweet. Bought it sight unseen. <laughs> nice. Went back there. Done and, that. You know, here's this 51 Chevy buried up to the middle of the grill in the backyard. It had sunk down in mucky dirt. Yeah. Dug it out. It was quite rotted. The floors were rotted. The frame was solid still. That's but lucky. But dug it out, dragged it home. Had the thing sitting, and it was an ugly car, moss growing all over it. Looked like something right out of the woods, which it was. Yeah, I love uh, it. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. It's sitting there in my driveway, mm-hmm. and a buddy of mine swings by, and he's like, what are you? He's like, you have lost your mind. He's like, what are you getting yourself into? And this I, I was the that. roughest. I get that statement a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is one of the roughest ones I'd ever dragged home, you know. So he looks at this thing, and he goes, this will never run again. <laughs> and I says, yeah, it will. And he's like, no, it'll never run again. And I says, well, weekend after next is the car show uptown. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to drive it to the car show. That's a pretty ominous task. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, he's like, never happen. He's like, bet you a case of beer it'll never happen. And, I love those bets. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so I worked after work until probably 3 in the morning. You're a much younger man, much more stamina. Mm-hmm. Probably till three in the morning out there. Um, new points, new distributor or new points cap rotor. Uh, pulled all the plugs out. Put a little bit of oil in all the cylinders. That's a good say, thing. That's that's one trick I learned when I, I used to work at. A, so you know about the one auto parts chain I worked at. I worked at another one for a short time before that. A lot of uh, older guys behind the counter. Mm-hmm. Very very knowledgeable. I mean they forgot more than I'll ever know. I'm sure. And I was telling them about the the commando. Back then, actually, this before I had it, my grandpa was still around. And he said, if you're going to mess with it, first and foremost, pull all the plugs. Put some, the Marvel Mystery Oil was the brand he recommended in the cylinders and let mm-hmm. it sit for a couple days. Then start messing with trying to turn it over. Kerosene works too, but Marvel is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. that's that's uh, a good way of getting an unseized oh, or yeah. an engine unseized. So, anyways, didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, that's all right. <laughs> so that's what I did. I did yeah. that. Um, the carburetor was completely gummed up with old, mm. you know, nasty fuel. So I got a carb rebuild kit for it, went through the carb. Mm-hmm. Brake lines, fuel lines were all rotted completely off. Yeah. Ran new brake lines, ran new fuel lines. Then I found out that the gas tank was not only had pinholes in it, but it was full of old, varnished, nasty gas. Mm-hmm. So my first, this, I was, I was a young kid, young man, you know, cheap at the time, didn't really know what I was doing. I, Clean up the outside of it, power wash the outside of this tank. And at first to me, I'm like, all right, it's got a rust hole in the top of it, but the rest of it seems like it's okay. So I, I rinsed it out as good as I could with this rust hole in the top of it. Mm-hmm. I still didn't really know what I was going to do. <laughs> Took it out to the farm. 
And I said, well, I said, I got to get all this varnished, nasty stuff out of it. How the heck am I going to do this? And for whatever reason, the best idea that I had was to light it on fire. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that thing burned for about six hours. Ooh. All of the junk on the inside of it. Just this, it was like a candle. And just the tank boom. didn't fall apart or melt? It did not. It was really weird, but That's it warped. Lucky. It did warp quite oh, a bit. Yeah. So then took all the ash and the soot and nastiness out of it and then looked in there and saw all the pinholes and everything. I said, ah, this thing's just not nice. Shouldn't have done that. The varnish would have kept those holes plugged. So (laughs) I ended up ordering a gas tank from a classic Chevy place out west that had rust-free parts, Mm -hmm. used parts, you know. And this guy calls up, and he goes, uh... I, I he's, we get talking from him. He's like, "Did you order this gas tank?" Because I, I ordered it online, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Did you order this tank?" Yeah, and he's like, "I don't know if I can ship there." And we're like, "What do you mean you don't know if you can ship there?" I'm like, "Because it's a gas tank." He's like, "No, I ship gas tanks all the time." And I'm like, "What's the issue then?" And he's like, "I've never shipped one out of country." And I'm like, "I thought you're in Arizona." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "You're in China, right?" And I'm like. <laughs> They're like, no, I'm in East China, which is a township in Michigan. <laughs> nice. We actually didn't live here at the time. Now I live in East China Township, you yeah. know. But um, the uh, at the time, the email was through my mom's old work, which ended in East China. It was like something or other, blah, 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 East China educate. I don't know, something like that. Nice. But, um, and the guy thought that we were Chinese. That is awesome. <laughs> He's like, your English is really good. <laughs> That's amazing. And so, yeah, no. And I've had that on, on Marketplace, too, where I've tried to, people, <laughs> I had a guy the other day that says, where are you located? And I says, East China. And he goes, oh, he goes, it's going to take me a little while to get there. I'm in West Korea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so, I, so I responded, okay. <laughs> and then he, he comes back with, he's like, seriously, dude. And I'm like, seriously, what? And he's like, where you are? And I says, I'm in East China, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And then I get back, oh, I thought you were screwing with me. Wow. That's <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah, so. I mean, uh, best event on that, I'm, I'm, I live in Memphis, Michigan. Oh, and yeah. I've been on the phone with a you know, tech supporter ordering some, like, so Memphis, Tennessee is the address? No, Memphis, no. Michigan. Memphis, Michigan. Oh, I didn't know there was a Memphis, Michigan. You have a really strong accent. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I do not. <laughs> so, uh. The 51 Chevy, continued tinkering with it, finally got it fired up. It had very, very little compression. It was, you know, it barely ran. Um, had to run. It was an automatic. It was an old Power Glide two-speed automatic. Bummer. I know. And so uh, <laughs> I had to put uh, external cooler on it because the original cooler was rotted out and it didn't work right for it. So did all that, but I got it to move under its own power, stop nice. under its own power, and I drove it to that car show. That's awesome. And so what kind of beer did he get you? You know, <laughs> I I want to say he never did, but in my, uh-huh. I think actually he did. I think he showed by like a case of PBR or something at one point, that's but it was like, it took him like six months later or something, you know? Oh, uh-huh. what the? That's yeah. not cool. He never doubted my, my mechanical abilities after that. Yeah. You know? I had a buddy's dad. I, I did some welding for him, and uh, it was a tractor exhaust. And it was rusty, and he says, "There's no way you can weld that." I says, "Yeah, there is." Yeah, says, it's no weld way. The rust to the rust. Just let me, <laughs> let me take it to my shop. I'll be back in an hour. Uh-huh. Took it home, cleaned it up, welded it right up. I uh, reversed the polarity on the MIG welder, and it just buzzed in all nice and beautiful. He's still using it to this day, and that was probably eight years ago. 
Hey, well, you can't beat that, man. Nope. <laughs> can't beat that. Um, well, producer Andrew's shaking his arm at us down there, which must mean that uh, he, his arm's falling asleep because he's getting <laughs> bored down there. No. <laughs> I, th- I think it's break time, John. Okay, we'll see you in a bit. <laughs> Have you heard the good news? Now there's a local paper that people just can't seem to get enough of. It's the Thumbprint News. The Thumbprint News is free and full of interesting stories that focus on what's important in our lives. Stories that touch on this area's rich history, unique places, and the diverse cultures and people. You'll be in the know when you read the Thumbprint News. Go to thumbprintnews.com and read the paper online for free today. I have an automotive story for you, John. Okay. That I think you'll really like because it kind of crosses over your love of the underwater Mm. and it's a bit of a bringing a car back from the dead i like it okay this is a recycled story this is my grandfather who told me this story many times over Mm -hmm. the years but he was quite proud of it he had gone with a bunch of buddies of his up ice fishing on hudson bay Mm -hmm. you know where that is northern canada yep this is back um, just before World War II. Okay. And so they had gone up there in a Ford Model A, and they had driven up there to go ice fishing. And they'd gone out, and they had driven out on the ice of Hudson Bay in a fro- mm-hmm. frozen area. And he said they were a couple miles offshore. That's what he said. Now, I mean, you could have been an old fisherman's tale, but he said they were a couple miles offshore. Mm-hmm. And... He said, the car started to bog down. And he's like, they're like, what the heck? And they look out, and it's kind of slushy. Uh-oh. And exactly. Uh-oh. So they bail out of the car and watch the car go boom through the ice. Bomber. <laughs> so they're standing there on the side of the ice, and they're looking down through this crystal clear water. And the car's down there like 20 or 30 feet just sitting on the bottom. Hmm. And, Fun. Yeah. So he says they made took some poles and stuff, and they stuck them right there, and they walked all the way back to whatever little town that they had left from, and you know went and found a garage somewhere and said, mm. "Hey, our car is at the bottom of the, of the Hudson <laughs> Bay. I think it was the Hudson Bay. It was some bay up in Canada, mm. anyway. So it was a shallow bay, and it was uh, you know so it was about thirty feet of water. And they told us, "Is there any way we can get this thing out? You know." And the driver said, well, uh, you know, it's getting late. Why don't we try to do this tomorrow? You mark the spot, blah, blah, blah. So, okay. So they rode back out with the driver the next day, got all the way out there, found their poles. Uh, you know, those old guys, they knew how to use compasses and all that. We'd be lost today. There's no way. We'd never find it again. But, no. You know, so. I mean, I can take a heading, but I can't navigate like that. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they get back out there, and he's just completely frozen over. At this point, it had been real cold that night. And in fact, I think he said they had to wait a couple of days for it to freeze over. That's what it was. It was getting huh. colder or something. And so they gotcha. did it on purpose. So they get out there and he says they cut through the ice, big old handsaw, cut, get everything cleared out. Sure enough, there's the car sitting there on the bottom. Lucky. So the driver fashions up some sort of hook and keeps fishing around and finally gets the back bumper of this thing. Hmm. Starts lifting up on it with some old wrecker, gets some planks, gets the car popped up out onto you know onto the ice. Let all the water flush out of the car, mm-hmm. just runs all out of the doors and everything. And so they're they're formulating a plan at this point, and they've been out there and 
uh, his one buddy, just kind of being a, a smart ass, you know, says, um, you know, it'll still run. No, it's not going to run. It's been underwater for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> Gets in the car and starts cranking this thing over <laughs> and <laughs> fires right up. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> car fires right up. And they're just like, uh, okay, he says, water's coming out of the exhaust. Everything. Oh, yeah. And uh, he says, the only thing he could figure was that it had a good enough seal on the gas cap. Yeah. On it, which the, on those, well, Model A's, most of them, the tank was the dashboard. So yeah. some of them were, the old, the newer ones, 3031, they were under the seat in the back, I think, if I remember <laughs> right. But um, And they had an updraft carburetor, though. So the engine was off when it went through, so it probably created a, a lock, you know, an airlock. Air lock. Yeah. <laughs> and the engine itself stayed, stayed sealed. That's lucky. So, so they drove it back to the town and somehow put it in a garage or whatever uh, long enough to basically air out the interior and dry yeah, out the interior. Yeah, I would hope. Because <laughs> it was just full of, you know, it was freezing cold. Oh, yeah. So that when they finally got the thing to the point where... They could actually ride in the car. They packed mm-hmm. all their stuff back up, and they drove it back to Michigan. Hmm. Now, this is pre-World War II. Most people didn't keep their cars in garages. Mm-hmm. And so the car ran, drove the whole time back fine. No issues whatsoever. Nice. The very next day, finds out from his buddy, because it was his buddy's car, that he'd gone out to move the car, and it fired up, but it wouldn't move. And his differential and his transmission had cracked because the, all the water in them had frozen and split everything oh, apart. Oh, bummer! So the engine was still good, but the uh, and I don't, I, I don't, he doesn't remember. I had asked him before, um, did the you know the guy replace the engine and the transmission, or I mean the transmission and the rear axle, mm-hmm. but but yeah. So there's a there's a story of saving something from the That's depths. Awesome. And, um, yeah, that mo- is awesome. I don't think modern cars would fire up as soon as you pulled them out of the water anymore. No, the second you turn the key, it's probably going to short out all the electronics. Yeah, yeah. Again, furthermore, reason why the nice old mechanical, solidly built, reliable vehicles are better. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'll, I'll live by that. I will stand by that until the day that I can't drive them anymore. Exactly. And you even know, then, I'll stand by it. <laughs> my grandfather was a very honest man, and he didn't really ever try to pull my leg. And I, I always kind of thought that maybe that story where he mm-hmm. was pulling my leg. Well, I'm up in Grayling, where he used to live, uh, a number of years ago. And I'm over at his house, and this, his phone rings one day. And some guy, my, my grandpa's like, oh, really? And he's like, oh, how you been? You know, and they're talking back and forth. And he's like, yeah, let's do that. And he gets off the phone. He says, we're going to lunch. Okay. Um, why are we going to lunch? And he's like, well, a friend of mine from about 60 years ago that I haven't seen is in town and wants to get lunch. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. I'm like, okay. So we go down to the big boy, and there's this guy just as old as my grandpa. And we're sitting there having our lunch at the big boy, and they're telling stories back and forth. And his buddy goes, hey, you remember that time we put the Model A through the <laughs> He tells the same story my grandfather did. And I'm just nice. like, oh, my God. I'm like, it actually happened. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. He also told me a pretty funny story, which isn't a long story at all, but I guess they were out duck hunting once, and, they mm-hmm. all st- and a flock of ducks went by, and him and two of their buddies all stood up in the duck boat and fired at the same time, and that was enough force to flip the whole boat and them <laughs> into the water. I could see it. So that's funny. But uh, um, man, uh, in four, anything in four by four news? We haven't, we didn't even do a four by four news section. 
Nothing I can think of. I actually saw something pretty cool the other day uh, on Facebook, but I I didn't. I just saved the article or reshared it or something because um, I tried to find it again. But apparently, there is an aftermarket company that is now offering what we, you and I, have talked about before, uh-huh. uh, which is a essentially a crate motor for your rig that is a drop-in electric. Huh. So. You know, instead of having, like, if you're going to convert a vehicle to electric, instead mm-hmm. of having to, like, redesign the whole frame and a drivetrain and everything, this literally is like a crate motor that is an electric engine. But in the pictures, it looked like the outside of it was the same dimensions as, like, a small block Chevy. Interesting. And you can apparently drop this thing in and put your battery. Oh. And it looked like maybe even the battery pack. I didn't read the article. I didn't have much yeah. time to read it. But it looks like maybe it has a battery pack on top of the engine and... You just drop it's it intriguing. in and go electric. Huh. I mean, no, but <laughs> it's intriguing. <laughs> no. No. You don't want electric? Nope. <laughs> remember, the, remember the Chevy Bolt we talked about, though? You yeah. can pay extra to get yourself the cord that you need to charge it? Yeah, I'm good. I'm no, good. Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'll stick with good old fossil fuel burning dinosaurs. I saw that Bolt again today <laughs> mm-hmm. at the same job site. I was back at that job site again. Nice. And... I I don't want to say it was a close call because it really wasn't, but I was I was texting back one of the guys that works with me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just some work stuff. And I'm walking across the parking lot, and I'm texting it. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see this black car, like, hurtling at me. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> And I, it could silently, no noise whatsoever. And yeah, like, that's ah, unsettling. It's the, it's the bolt. <laughs> and, <laughs> nice. Um, I mean, he... He wouldn't have hit me, and yeah. he drove like ten feet away from me. But it, just this car was coming. Yeah, in. and then he comes. He like waves the owner of it. It's like, <laughs> hey, how you doing? Like, oh, okay. You know. See that that would be another one of those. You know, if if I had something to swap that en- kind of engine or that setup into, I mean, I'm not gonna buy the engine or motor swap or bat- whatever you call that. But I'd do it if somebody sponsored it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, think I mean. That would be interesting to do that. Take a gas there and convert it to electric like that. I think that might be kind of cool. Well, I mean, I told you about that that uh, Mercury I saw at SEMA that had the uh, Tesla drivetrain so. swapped in, the low rider, and you were like, oh, you can't lower a car. It's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did that on the that. podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still love I that those car. Things. Teslas? No, those are intriguing, but no, lowered anything. Oh, lowered cars? It. Yeah. Certain cars I'll, I'll certain cars this. have the lines for it. Yeah, I did see a pretty sweet rat rod project. It was a TJ Wrangler base with a Cummins diesel that was just dropped all the way down and and elongated. That was actually pretty sweet. Hey, I think I might have seen that one. That was pretty cool. That was cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that reminded me of like some old Mad Max stuff or something. I saw a sh- uh, pictures of I haven't uh, seen it in person, but I saw the... A red Chevy truck, just like the one your dad has. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you took and drew a line around the center of the body, so like a foot below the door handles. Okay. And you cut all of the lower metal off. Okay. And then just set the upper half on the ground. Okay. That's what this was. That's what they had done. But they why? had they had removed like a foot and a half of the lower part of the body to make it so super low. Like huh. it was like two feet off the ground. Custom chassis, yep, everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I looked at it and I go, Well, he probably had a Michigan truck and he's cut all the rust away. 
or it just fell off. <laughs> it just got all the rust <laughs> off the bottom two feet of the vehicle. That's awesome. Made himself. It was. It's pretty. No, so I think we should backtrack a little bit. We were talking about bringing rigs back from the dead. Okay. We glossed over a few things. You know, check your tires, your brakes. You sure. mentioned brake lines, fuel lines, carburetor. What other things? You know, of course, get a little oil in the engine, let it soak. Okay. Um, so, well, yeah, going like I said, going through your mechanicals of your carburetor and, you know, like all those types of things, too. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to bring a fuel-injected vehicle back from the dead, it's <laughs> a little more difficult. Yeah. You may have to be putting injectors in it. You got to flush those lines out. <laughs> also, keep in mind that vehicle, the first fuel-injected or first electronic fuel-injected vehicles of the 80s and early 90s, mm-hmm. vast majority of them, and this is going to sound like a minor thing, but if you put a battery in it, mm-hmm. when the key is in the on position, will cook the computer. I believe it. You need to make sure the key is in the off position yeah. before you put a battery in it. Huh. I made that mistake before. Um, hooking up a battery and thinking, well, there's, you know, vehicle's dead, whatever. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize the ignition. And I think that was in a late 80s GMC, if I remember right. And, um, you know, the key was in the on position mm-hmm. and I threw a battery in it. And I think I might have even heard like a fuse pop or something, huh. but it was, it was actually yeah. the TBI computer. Nice. And I, I got talking to a guy. Uh, a friend of mine that runs a wrecking yard, and mm-hmm. he said that doesn't always happen, so it's not like it's guaranteed to happen. Yeah. He said, but pretty much a lot of those early, especially GM computers, mm-hmm. will do that. Interesting. Yeah. So just make sure, of that was. make sure your key's off, you know, yeah. before you put the battery in. I'll say another probably two big things that are often overlooked with that, uh, oil change. Sure. A lot of times when oil sits, it will hold moisture, mm-hmm. and uh, that's not good. <laughs> And I'd say probably the number one, and this was something I, when I first started looking into redoing the commando, I didn't, I never took this into account. It's kind of a twofer. One, belts. Yeah, belts. Two, coolant. Well, A lot of times the coolant, you'll get a hose that rots out, it all drains out. And if you're not careful, you know, you start that up thinking there's coolant in it, uh, you get a few minutes and then you just toasted the engine. Also, after it's it's running for the first time in, in a number of years, mm-hmm. take a look at, just kind of look at everything on the engine as it's oh, running. Yeah. Because I've had water pumps where the bearings were so bad in them mm-hmm. um, with rust that the water pump has gone bad within, you know, five minutes of running. Oh, I believe it. Uh, you know, oh, or power here, steering we're, even. We're missing in a really, really important one. We are? We are. Check your air cleaner. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> rodents mice, yeah, mice all that. love to make nests out of those air boxes I, oh my god that samurai had where the guy got deta- decapitated in it mm-hmm. ran good but it was always gutless it just it was gutless and i would drive it around town and you know and it was fine i mean mm-hmm. it, it it just didn't seem to have a lot of power and i always thought well you know it's probably it's tired or worn. Well, yeah, it was, it, it was a little more tired than, say, a carbureted Samurai. Mm-hmm. This was a fuel-injected one. And I had a couple guys tell me the fuel-injected ones had more pep. They were like 30 more horsepower or something. I'm like, this sure doesn't feel like it. I'm like, yeah. well, I'm driving to work one day in the Samurai in the middle mm-hmm. of summer, no top, no doors on it, just driving. And I'd own this thing, and I, I had checked the air cleaner, mind you. Mm-hmm. And I'd own this thing for... At this point, maybe four months, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, the throttle sticks on it. Huh. 
And it's just, and it wasn't like a fast throttle stick. Like yeah. it wasn't like a car out of control or anything, but it just sticks. I'm like pumping on the gas pedal. I'm like, all right, whatever. It used to happen in Project XJ before the remodel. Okay. So I pushed the clutch in, shut off the engine, coast to the side of the road. I'm like, well, maybe the throttle, maybe the TBI or the, um, you know, the valve on the, t- mm-hmm. on the throttle body stuck or something. So I take off the air cleaner, start looking down the tubes and all that. Um, pop off the tube from the TBI and a chewed up full of mouse poop and <laughs> stuff shop rag <laughs> was jammed into the TV. So this mouse or something <clears throat> had taken it taken it into the tube and I'd never <laughs> looked down the tube between yeah. the air cleaner and the TBI and it had always been in there. So I pulled <laughs> the thing out, mm-hmm. fire it back up. It was like I just tripled the horsepower. <laughs> So I was nice. like back up to the original 62 horsepower or whatever nice. it was. You know? Nice. But uh, I, I couldn't believe it. It's like this little shop rag had been in there. Yeah. Huh. I just did that on a boat motor the other day that we sold, an old parts boat motor at Dad's. Mm-hmm. We pulled the top of it off, and it was completely packed with like cotton from the seat of a car or oh, something. Oh, I believe it. It was just packed, packed. Yeah. Oh, man. So yeah, check your air cleaner. Check all that. Check and around. And the tube. Any piping to do with your air intake, check it. Blow it out. Make sure it's free of debris. <laughs> also prepare to be surprised. Mm-hmm. I bought a 55 Chevy once that ran mm-hmm. poorly, but I bought this 55 Chevy. I am driving down the road in this thing, driving home, probably 30 miles, and I'm almost home, and all of a sudden, a mouse comes running out of one <laughs> of the vents on the dashboard, runs across the dashboard, and goes down inside one of the other vents. Well, okay, then. <laughs> So, you know, you might have passengers in the vehicle you just yeah. brought back to life, too. Yeah. So, a car had been sitting for a number of years. So. Something to be cautious of. Me, me personally, as you know, I am terrified of spiders. Mm. And uh, when I first got actually Pegasus, she had been sitting for a year. And I, for some reason, you know those little black jumping spiders that twitch like they're on crack? Yes. Yeah. They're, every day I went out, there were at least three of them in the driver window. Ugh. I think they had nested in there or something, and it just, for about a month and a half of driving the thing, every day I was killing at least one or two. Mm. Freaked me out, man. I'm <laughs> shaking, thinking about it. Oh. That's, that's my biggest fear in working around or moving old cars is big spiders. Well, there's a lot of them, I'm sure. Wasps, oh, yeah. spiders, all that. I don't I don't care about anything but spiders. Okay. It's just, I, I'm terrified of them. I don't know why. Huh. Can't, now don't do them. I think people on 4x4 Talk need to send Johnny Orange. No, Tag Johnny no, Orange and no. some pictures of some really good oh. spiders. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know, the electrical <laughs> on your vehicles. Mm. Uh, if, you, if you're bringing this old vehicle back to dead from the dead, look at all the wiring, especially under the hood, by the That's battery. That's a good one, at least a general overlook. You're general. not going to be able to check everything, yeah. but in particular, your, any of your ignition wires. So anything, your, your cables to and from your batteries and your starters, mm-hmm. number one. You know, you, you get one of those, the mouse decided to chew through it, you start it up, now you move the vehicle, swings over, grounds out, you're going to blow something. Yeah. yeah so. I, I've had a number of those over the years that have, oh, yeah. that have arced out and yeah. done stuff. I, I had a mouse in an old Chevy of mine that car caught on fire because of it. I'll believe it. So. I'll believe it. John, you got anything else, buddy? 
I don't think so at the moment. I this, mean, we could keep was, going all day with the weird stories, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> well, okay. So, folks, happy Halloween. Um, you know. Yeah, it, have a good one this ha- week. We're going to go grab some more coffee and uh, this fine Monday morning and see what the rest of the day brings. Yep. All <laughs> right. Happy Halloween, everyone. Thanks for listening, and have a good one, everybody.